Yes, indeed, powerful people. This is another episode of Breaking the Machine. I'm your host, Amal Deport, and I'm my partner, Spank the Bank. What up, what up, what up? And today we'll be taking another incremental step and in shifting the culture. Today is a special episode, man. Really special episode. We got Chicago artists, activists, my brother, Golden Child, in the studio with us today. How you doing, God? Yeah. Salam alaikum. Salam, God. Yes, man. Man, it, it, it's, it's beautiful to have you in the studio today, man. It's been a long time coming. I know we was chopping it up the other day, and we was talking about us going on live and really just building on live yeah. over the over the years, man. And, and the people they love it because it's just it's just yeah. that raw truth, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you, man. Um, I was on your Facebook, man, a couple months back, man, and just I put your name in the search bar, and I'm going down and I'm looking at all the videos, all the years of the work that you didn't put in. Um, I don't know what, what what made me do that. I think I seen you post like a clip of an old video, and I was like, man, he got stuff like you was young, you was in the field with your brother and a couple other brothers, yes, sir. and um, it, it it was it was a hard song. I was like, man, when did this come out? And it's a lot of stuff that you know a lot of people have never seen. So I went down the timeline. What what do you think changed between then and now in terms of your expectations of what the music industry would be like? You know, because back then. I mean, you was coming just as hard as you are now, but you did, you might not have had the same knowledge, the same understanding that you have now. Like, what, what's different about your mindset? Like, what would you tell yourself back then, like, to prepare for where you at now? Really just keep grinding, man. Keep on working. Keep on putting in, you know, the necessary work. Um, I kind of came into the game uh, with a different mindset. You know, I never really came in with the intentions to get signed because of the background that we came mm. from. You understand what I'm saying? So... When you understand and you do the research of who own these labels, who run the labels, where a majority of the money is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, where the majority of the money is going, you come to a realization really quick that, you know, to be signed by these people is to be signed by the same people, you know, that you're fighting against, you know, mm-hmm. having the same mission that we got. So coming into it, I, I never really intended to get signed, right? Mm-hmm. And if I did sign with anybody, it would have to be somebody you know that had a major amount of respect for the nation, mm. you know, the minister, um, and my overall purpose as it related to you know uplifting my community, mm. motivating my community, encouraging, inspiring our people, and ensuring that you know we do all that we can for ours first, uh, but also the oppressed people of the world. So mm. it's just really been an uphill battle in terms of figuring out you know how to make this thing work, you know, without taking money out the hands of your enemy, you know, to you know feel the career. So I would just tell myself to keep grinding the same way I'm grinding now because I don't have it all figured out, but I'm getting somewhere, you know, I'm getting somewhere, I'm getting closer Mm -hmm. and, you know, just trying different techniques, being able to have your ear to the street in terms of, you know, how the industry work, being able to be in communication with people that are actually in the industry, whereas I could get that game without having a sign over, right? And Mm -hmm. just figuring out, man, like, you know, it's ways, especially today, like, the industry has changed in a sense where as more power is being put into the hands of the independent mm. artists, right? So with that being the reality, I'm able to remain independent, stand ten toes on what I believe, and now it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, how to make this as lucrative as possible. Like, when you look at a lot of the music that's streamed regularly and excessively, you know, it's the music, you know, that taps into the emotional aspect of who we are as beings, mm. right? You know, a lot of times the music that talk about breakups, right? or actually being in love, or how my homie crossed me, mm-hmm. or how I thought I could trust you, but he backdoored me. You feel what I'm saying? Like, this is the type of music that's streamed, and a lot of times, the music that go crazy is the artists that are um, honest enough and vulnerable enough to tell you about what the hell they feeling and what they dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is, 
these white rich executives, let me just be honest with you, mm-hmm. they come and take our young black men and women and capitalize off of our trauma and off of our pain, right? You hear what I'm saying? Off of our hurt and off of all of the hell that we got to experience living in these projects and ghettos that they created and that they designed, right? Mm. When you don't know how to read, when you don't know how to write, when you don't properly know how to communicate, Mm. when you don't know your history, you are bound to live a life of hurt and pain. That's the reality. Especially when you're talking about a relationship. I know brothers right now, man, that got good hearts but are in pain because every every time they embark on getting into a relationship, it fails. Mm. It fails. And he a lover at heart. I'm able to talk to him and and build with him, right? And he looking for something. He trying to fill a void because he didn't get something growing up. Mm. And a lot of times how he filled this void is from jumping to women to women. Mm -hmm. And I done had men cry to me telling me like, man... I want this shit to work, right? Mm-hmm. Damn, man, like, why can't I have a family? Mm-hmm. Bro, I love what you're doing, man. You and your wife, man, y'all y'all motivate me, man. Y'all mm-hmm. encourage me, man. I want that, right? But the painful aspect comes from trying to sustain this relationship, mm-hmm. but not knowing how to tell her how you really feel. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? We just talked about that yesterday. That's <laughs> real, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Not knowing how to tell her, like, I tell my brothers all, tell her, that hurt my feelings. Woo! We just talked about that literally. Yeah. Really? Yeah, like mm. this. I don't know what's going on. I, I think hair, men, man. it's men are now starting to speak up mm. for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm starting to say, man, that shit hurt. Cause like mm. I said, growing up, man, you know, I'm from Detroit, so it's like growing up, man, the, the hottest dudes was the ones with the nicest cars, the mm. hoodest niggas. And you know what I'm saying? You tell a girl like, man, I hurt my feelings. A girl, so you cry, they look at you weak, you yep. soft. Yeah. And, yeah. it's like, and that brings so much pain to you. You be like, bitch, I ain't. But, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. I ain't like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not soft. I'm not weak because I show emotions. Mm. So now you, you know you turn into this monster. Yeah, this monster. That you can't, that you're trying to break. And you're like, why I can't break this monster? Mm. Because you can't just tell that man to say that hurt my feelings mm. without preparing to tell him that she may not respond the way that you expect her to respond. But listen, listen, we both, listen, I, I think about my parents, man. And mm-hmm. As a young man growing up with just your mother, you get one side oftentimes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your mom told you what she experienced and, and she don't got to be lying, right? Mm-hmm. But she telling you how she felt and how what your dad did to her negatively affected her. Mm-hmm. So you grow up being nurtured and reared on her pain, right? Mm-hmm. So you start to view and perceive your father a certain way. But as time get, goes on, you get older. You understand, Daddy. <laughs> you understand, uh, pops a whole lot more, right? Mm. I'm right there, right now. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I swear to God, I be mm. like this con- conversation my dad used to have with me. Mm. He's like, man, you know, he told me this, and I hear it like as I'm going in my relationship now. I hear it more. He was like, uh, you know, I gotta tell her she beautiful and all that, but they won't tell me. You know, mm. I look good today. I'm beautiful, mm. but I gotta make sure you feel like that every day. You know, you look, mm. you, you know, right. And it's like, mm-hmm. dang, pop, I be want to feel like that too. Like, <laughs> I want to wake up and be like, you look handsome today. You beautiful. Like, man, one of the brothers told me the other day, man. He said, "A man is the giver, she's the receiver." Mm. I said, "Damn, that's deep. Uh, it's the truth." It is, but it's 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 very layered as well. It's balanced, man. Yeah, because we 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 give it that statement, 
And it, it, can, it can turn into something crazy, man. Like mm-hmm. somebody who just constantly giving, constantly giving. He's not receiving anything, man. He's not receiving that help me. He's not receiving that affirmation. He's not receiving none of that. And I think I think that's an issue, man. And like you said, we was talking about that. Man, we've been talking about that a lot lately. And yeah. I feel like it's just something in the air, man. It's something yeah. in the air. And it's just like real men just really just saying like, hey, man, this is how we feel. But what you said was powerful, man. Mm-hmm. One-sided, one-sided perspective yeah. on the man. I see that. All of us didn't work in the inner city schools at one point in time. And I'm working in inner city schools and I'm seeing it with the young men. Sometimes they can have the most masculine fathers in the world, mm. but they they have this feminine energy to them yeah. because they hate that man. Mm. Because that man, the, the example, that strong man in their life is toxic in a way, or that strong man in their life didn't show them the right example. So now they associate strong men with hurting my mama. Strong mm. men with destroying the neighbor. He destroyed my household. I hear my mama cry. So I don't want to be like him. Right. And it's just like when you put that example, you got to get it from both sides. You got to understand because if you're just hearing it from mama, mm. like, hey, man, this is your father. Look at him. Yeah, I see how he is. Yeah. He's the worst man on the planet. I'm going to be nothing like him. Yeah. And that's deep, man. Because that's we deep. oftentimes in the hands of our mothers, majority mm-hmm. of the time. We all raised by mother. Yes. Man, it's so deep. <laughs> it's so yeah. deep. I, I grew up with my father. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I was telling my cousin, like, bro. You know, my, my other two cousins, they, they fathers one in they, you know, mm. in their life as much. Mm. I'm like, bro, we was all raised by a mother. Well, you know, why? Because my daddy was at work. Mm. The system had my daddy. Yeah. So anywhere it go, yeah. Yeah. Mm. the system going to have him either in jail, yeah. working, or something. The system got him. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm still with my mama. Yes. Mm. And you could grow up in a, t- uh, a two-parent home, right? Yeah. And still not get what you need from your father, right? Because mm. he working. Because he working. Crazy. Cause not because he don't love you. He mm. working. They're going to they find a way to remove the father from a household in some way, form, or fashion. And if we really going to have this conversation, we got to go way, way back to the root. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about, you can't talk about, listen, toxic masculinity is an oxymoron. Mm. You hear what I'm saying? There's no such thing as toxic masculinity. Yes. If it's toxic, it's not masculinity. The absence of it is. That's what Ray said. That's let's, just, let's just be honest. If it's toxic, it's not masculinity. Mm. That's not what it is. It's not what it is in its original state, mm. right? So when I think about... um, That's going to go over a lot of people's head. That's going to go over a lot of people's head. I mean, because if it's not what it is in its original state, that's not what it is, goddammit, if we're going to be 100% honest with you. Right, you not who you are not who you Woo. were before you were tainted, right? Mm. You get what I'm saying? So I think about we gotta go way back, man, way back in terms of you know, buck breaking and destroying mm. the man and removing the man's presence yes. from the household. Okay. You talk about listen, if you go study these cultures and you know our history prior mm. to slavery, our women loved us. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. loved us valued us, appreciated us, and were willing to follow us wherever we took them. Mm. That's the type of relationship we had with our woman, right? Mm. And the bond between male and female as it related to the family structure was so much so that it was damn near impenetrable. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that was solely because of the example that the man had set and because of what the man knew of what it meant to be a man, Mm. right? So it's certain tools you need to be a man. And going back to these relationships, this young man want love. Mm-hmm. He wants a family. Mm-hmm. It's in our nature to want and to desire these things. Mm-hmm. But when you embark on creating this family and establishing this relationship, but you don't know how to talk to your woman, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know how to tell her what you're not going to tolerate. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Damn. In a way, 
that doesn't abuse her, mm. but in a way that she understands that I can't try him in that way. And he's not a punk. Mm. He's not a hoe. He's not mm. a coward. I just know I can't try him in that way. Mm. But it's love, though. And it's her love for you, right, that'll make her say, I'm not going to do that to him. And it's not mm. because she afraid. If you if your relationship is established and built on fear, mm. you don't have a relationship. Mm. You have a tyranny. You hear what I'm saying? You have mm. tyranny. That's what you got, right? But when she say, I love him. I appreciate him. I value him. I respect his time. Mm. I know what it is he's trying to build and accomplish. I know that my feminine side, my loving side, right? My, the, the powers that I have in just being a woman, if I use those and mm. pour into him, I'll get more out of him than I would by tearing him down. Mm. That's the reality. But I could teach a man how to be a man all day, but what's big in teaching and rearing our sons it's teaching our sons how to properly pick your woman. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't know yourself and love yourself and value yourself and know what you're worth as a man, you'll go out here and be as great as you was raised to be, intelligent as you was reared to be, respectful as you were reared to be. Go out here and choose the woman that takes full advantage of everything that you were raised to be. Disrespect everything you was raised to be. That's the reality and what we're dealing with. So now you starting to question, damn, am I doing wrong, mm. right? By getting her door, by, by, by talking to her the way I was taught to talk to a woman, am mm. I doing wrong by providing? Am I doing wrong by being vulnerable? Mm. Because I'm doing what I was taught, but mm. I'm not getting what I was taught that I was supposed to receive. Yes. And that don't necessarily mean that you doing wrong. Maybe she was scarred. Mm. Maybe she was torn. Maybe mm. she was reared in a way that she doesn't know how to love and value and appreciate that. So we always taught as men in the nation of Islam, you got to take full responsibility mm. for the decision that you make in the woman that you choose. Full responsibility. Even I heard Miles Monroe say that. Yeah, you, even mm. if she bogus, mm. you still got to take responsibility because you made the choice and that was your choice to make. You know what I, Especially when you're talking about in marriage, we choosing our women now. It's not like... But listen, most men not going to allow her get on her knee and choose us. We mm -hmm. going to choose who the hell we want to marry mm -hmm. and spend the rest of our life with. Mm -hmm. So that's a really pivotal and critical decision that you got to make. But being able to make that decision really comes from what your big brothers taught you, what your father mm -hmm. taught you, what you got from your mother when you saw the way that your mother moved, right? And you're like, mm, you know, maybe you, yeah, yeah, I want my woman to be able to move and maneuver like that in a certain way. You hear yes. what I'm saying? But a lot of our young black men and women ain't got these examples before them. Mm. And this is what's painful, man. I worked in Chicago public schools, and we was always taught, you know, the father not in the household, this, that, and the third. Mm. We was reared in. But going into the school, man, and you damn near talking to each and every uh, uh, young black man, and I just wanted to know at a certain point, like, you know, how your relationship with your father? You know, I had to ask in a Sometimes I had to ask in a way without being so direct and saying, is your father around? You hear what I'm saying? How your relationship with your father? And sometimes I would be able to be straightforward depending on the student I was talking to. Mm. And as God is my witness, man, most of our young black boys don't have fathers. That is an actual fact. That's an actual fact. Mm. And if their father is around, sometimes the father ain't locked up or in jail. Mm. He's just a bum, unfortunately, mm. if I'm being honest with you. Damn. I mean, he uh, living with his mother, right? With what mm. he just went out here and had a baby, man, right? He wasn't even given the tools as it related to what he needed to rear another young black man, right? So either the father is dead, he in jail, 
or he out here just being non-productive, man, non-productive. Or, right, he not dead, he not in jail, he's around, he being productive, but he just don't got the tools he needs to teach a man how to be a man, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, you got some, I'm a prime example of this, man. Mm -hmm. But I but I'll say it in a way you know not to yes, throw anybody yes, under yes. the bus, right? But some some children, man, man. Sometimes it's a blessing not to be reared by your father while he's in a current state. If mm. you get what I'm saying, yes. You see what I'm saying? Like I love my dad. Mm. I want my dad around. You hear what I'm saying? But because your father is so immature at this state, mm, because he has yeah. no control over his emotions at this state, because he doesn't understand what it means to be a balanced man at this state. Mm. If you spend too much time in his hands as a young, gullible, impressionable young boy, he's going to deposit something into you or produce a reflection of himself that's not the best reflection. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So you start to mistreat women, right? Your temper is through the goddamn roof, right? You see his, he lazy, he slacking, right? But this is my father, he's in my life. But you starting to deposit habits into your son. You around, but you depositing habits and traits and characteristics into your son that's not going to make him an upstanding man in society, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm. So it's, it's like when I look at the overall condition of our communities, man, Either like we was talking about a second ago, the father dead, the father in jail, and if he not in jail, he's not the greatest example, mm. right? So how do we go back to, to, to rearing our young men the way that they need to be reared? There are men in our community now, mm -hmm. right? But I feel like even the, a lot of the men that know better are either afraid or selfish, man, in our community, right? That's true. Or the women pushing them out. Or pushing them out, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Afraid, selfish, or being pushed out. But when you a soldier, man, when you a warrior, you are relentless about doing what needs to be done to ensure that our communities are decent places to live, right? So can't no woman push me out of my community. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Can't nobody stop. You're going to have to kill me. That's the mindset. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to take my life and remove me from the earth to stop me from doing what it is that I need to do, right? And that's the mindset that we got to adopt because when we adopt that mindset, sister, you may not agree, I understand, but you're not moving me. Mm. <laughs> you hear me? You're not moving me, sister. When you got that mindset, you got young men who want to turn up. Like, I'm in the schools. Listen, man, listen. Mm. These young 15, 14, 16-year-old boys, they carrying, they toting. And they got it on them. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they got tempers that's absolutely out of control. And they out here killing and murdering other young black men because they just don't understand. You know, like a little child, when they mad and goddamn it, they want some food, mm -hmm. right? And it's a little baby and they don't know how to communicate and articulate how they feel. So they start throwing stuff around and throwing tantrums. Mm -hmm. That's what you got in these young men, 14, 15, 16, right? They done got big. Their bodies done got bigger. You hear me? Mm -hmm. They done grew up, but they still think like children. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the value of life. They don't understand the purpose of life. They don't understand what they here for. They have never felt loved. All that they have to operate on are their basic primal emotions and senses. You hear what I'm saying? So you step on my shoe. You look at me wrong. You get on my nerves. 
I'm afraid. I feel like you might do something to me. I got to do something you, to you before you do something to me. They operating off very low level animalistic um, instincts. Instincts. There you go. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So, but with that being the case, some of the men who know what it means to be a man in the sense, you know, how you walk, how you talk, how you carry yourself, how you provide for your family, have gotten afraid. Right? Mm. Man, shit, man. I'd rather raise my family, take care of my boys, do my shit over here, get my money. I ain't risking my life for them little niggas over there. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You can't be mad at them either, though. You can't be mad at them for that. But if too many of us think like that, when does this shit change, man? Exactly. And it, and it really, that's come to my point. Like, why are we still in America? Mm. You feel like we need to, to, to well, we gotta move. gotta go, bro. Nigga, they, they, they anywhere. No, no, bro, no. They control mm. everything in the narrative over here, bro. Well, well, tell them to the African Americans who went over to Liberia the first time when we got freed, and then they started mm. enslaving black people. Well, we gotta figure out something, man. Cause that, uh, that slavery, not even. Not, my bad. No, that mindset is in our head. You mm. know what I'm saying? The fact that you can go over there and start enslaving your own people and all these different things is in your system. No, location can't change that, man. I don't know, man. It's I know we need. I, we think about that unplug mindset, unplug yeah. from it all. You know, getting the winning, put the phone down, all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, man, it's so deeply programmed into us. Hearing those relocating sirens. is not the answer, man. Mm. Mm. These white people are wickedly wise and strategic. You go over to Africa if you don't have the knowledge of yourself, if you don't have a defense force and a military to defend what's yours, right? If you don't love yourself. You hear what I'm saying? And love yours. If you are not willing to fight, kill, and die to establish God's kingdom here on earth. You hear what I'm saying? If you don't believe in the most high and his ability to mm. carry us through, mm. you don't stand a chance. I'm just being honest with you, man. The minister said, when you understand how wickedly wise these people are, you'll understand that we will not get through this without the help of mo the Most High. No, mm. you won't. You won't get through this. And that's why it was deep when you said that, because I had a conversation. I forgot who I was having a conversation with. And they was like, man, it's over. And I said, if I didn't believe in God, I would say the same thing. Mm. Our unity, this is the first step in my opinion. Mm. That is true. Mm. Our <clears throat> unity, as the messenger taught, is more powerful than an atomic bomb. Mm. Let's scratch every, let, let, let's just clean surface. God damn it, mm -hmm. you black, I'm black. Mm. You black, I'm black. We both being terrorized. We both being taken advantage of. They, they, they organize and they united. It's more of us than them, though. It's more of us than them. And always mm -hmm. been. Always been. And listen, and I'm not just talking about blacks in America. I'm talking about what it means to be black. Mm -hmm. God damn it. That's not just blacks in America. The Indians are our family. Yes. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. yes. And they know that. And they know that. The Hispanics, the Latino, whether you believe it or not or know enough about your history, they are our family. Yes. The Indians, they are our family, right? They know that too, man. That's crazy. That's but sad. listen, starting small, right? On, 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 on. To hell with what your religion, brother. Not mm. saying to hell with your religion. Excuse me, I don't mean it like that. But you're a Christian, I'm a Muslim. Hey, we black. Mm. Family, right? Before they pull the trigger like we heard before, they don't ask you, brother, what is your religion? Mm. Oh, you're this? Okay, I'm going to give you a pass. Mm. What is your... Oh, you're this? Oh, blow you. They not asking that. Mm. You're black, brother. You're black. And they are afraid of you. And they have to... Listen, they understand that as time goes on and as uh, time progresses, 
because we are dominant and they are recessive, as time goes on, they're going to be removed from the earth. That's just the truth. And it doesn't have to be through violence. It's going to be through nature. Mm -hmm. nature. That's just the reality. Nature, baby. So, boom. If our unity is more powerful than an atomic bomb, we should focus our efforts on solutions that result in us working as a collective. Mm. You hear what I'm saying? Working as a family, right? And I love you because we are family. Mm. If my brother said today, hey, I don't want to be a Muslim. I want to be a Christian. I'm going to love my brother because that's my family. You hear mm. what I'm saying? If my mom say, hey, uh, I'm sorry, uh... You know, if one of your family members, I'm sorry, man. You know, I think I, I, I like women now. You mm -hmm. hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to stop loving my mom because she's made a sexual choice. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? So when we start to love each other because we family, then we'll fight for each other on the basis that we're family. Mm -hmm. We're family. You hear what I'm saying? And in my communications with you or my brother or anybody that I'm dealing with, mm -hmm. the reason that I'm able to build relationships because I really love my people. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, you can say I love my... A lot of us today, we getting caught up in this, goddammit, you know, social media, black love. It's cool to be part of the revolution. Blackity, black, black. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm black, yo. And I'm black, yo. And I'm blackity, black, and I'm black. And we done figured out how to make some money off of pretending that we blackity, black, and really mm, like that. That's killing us. You feel mm. me? But you not really out here, right? Mm -hmm. You ain't really shed no tears on the basis of you knowing what the hell is really going on out here. You ain't risk your life going into some of these communities where you could actually get pole up yes. on you just for yes. stepping in the community. I remember driving through a specific community. I ain't going to yep. name no names because... I don't even like to put communities over each other. You know, we talk about the this community because it done got popular and this, that, and the mm -hmm. third. To hell with that, bro. <laughs> Regardless of the fact that it's popular, bro, listen. The trenches is the trenches. We yeah. hurting. You feel what I'm saying? So, boom. We came through. I come through with the guys, the FOI. Mm -hmm. And you know Ooh. my heart. You know, I'm loving. You know, I mm. pull up, you know. But I'm out the window, bro, on the porch. I'm like, hey, brother. He thought I was about to, you feel me? He thought I was about to unload on him. He thought I was about mm, to, you feel me? Yes, you know, yes, up yes. the blicky right in. Mm. That's what he thought. So he like, hey, man, he like, oh. he like, bro, he like, like, damn, he thought yes. it was about to be one of those. And he like, man, don't ever do that again, man. Mm. Don't ever do that again, right? Now, arrogantly, I could have said, you don't tell me what to do. In my mm. mind, I, I could have said that. Yes. But you know, we know, we fear no God but Allah. Yes, and when you got the guys behind you, you got that energy. <laughs> And if I didn't have the guys behind me, because I went, you know, I go Woo! to the same communities with two and three. Yes. You know, we fear no God, but a lot from a lot we come into a lot we must return. You mm -hmm. hear what I'm saying? And our life is here. My life and my death is all for a lot. But I will only leave this earth when he calls me back, right? Mm -hmm. When he ready for me to go, then I'm gone. That's not necessarily up to you, right? Mm. So that's a certain level of fearlessness that Islam really deposited in us as soldiers, mm. right? So boom. I'm knowing in my mind, regardless of what he thought he was going to do, I was only leaving the earth when Allah said it was time for me to leave the earth. But out of respect and out of my understanding for the situation and the circumstance, I'm like, yes, sir. Right? Mm. I'm yes, sir. And understanding what I could have potentially did to that man's heart, thinking it was that time. Right? Mm. Now, think about this. He said, God is real, man. He said, man, God is real. Some told me to lead a pole upstairs this morning, man. 
He said, because if you would have pulled up saying, yeah, like that, and I had it on me, I was just dumping off, just dumping, not even thinking, because like, hey, I'm going to get you before you get me. But God is real, man. I left it upstairs, and I ain't even have it on me, brother. Please don't do that again. That's what he's saying. Please mm -hmm. don't do that again. You hear what I'm saying? Survival. Survival, Ooh. right? And a lot of times, man, this brother's sitting down right now, not because they was on dirt necessarily, because they was out here praying and looking for somebody like a goddamn predator. God damn it, I had to kill him before he killed me. Mm. Before he smoked me, I had to up mine and get him. Mm. I mean, that's the mindset we have in these communities. That's the mind, because we live, it's not a zoo, it's not a jungle. Mm -mm. It's a zoo. It's a zoo. It's mm. not a jungle, it's a zoo. Because the jungle is beautiful. The jungle is, listen, and mm. listen, most of the animals in the jungle, they run and operate and control the dimensions and the, you know, and what's going on in the jungle, right? We come in there as guests, right? Mm -hmm. But they control the parameters of what go on in our community. The police, zookeepers. Aldermen's, zookeepers. Judges, Zookeepers. Zoo you hear what I'm saying? Zookeepers, man. <laughs> Zookeepers, man. That's the name of this episode. That's the reality. Zookeepers. Yes. And we think we in control. When you go to the zoo, mm. they create the habitats for the animals to believe that they in their natural habitat, right? They set it up so that you can believe, damn, this is where I'm supposed to be. But whole time, it's a zookeeper that's controlling your environment, and you can only go as far as they let you go. You hear what I'm mm. saying? And when you get, if you would happen to break out the zoo, they either come in to get you, snatching you up, and making sure that shit don't ever happen again. You hear what I'm saying? So a lot of us think, nah, this shit is a jungle, nigga. We run this, this, that. No, you don't. Mm. You don't run nothing, brother. And get out of line, they'll show you that you don't run nothing. You get what I'm saying? Mm. So when you talk about you know, this being a con this not a jungle. We're not in control. We're not running nothing. And if you feel like you're in control, and if you feel like you're running something, they're doing a hell of a good job in creating that habitat to make you feel like you're in control. Mm. You hear what I'm saying? Mm. They've done a hell of a good job. So it's like when you talk about creating something that's ours, right, mm. that we control, that we dominate, of course, like I said, first we're going to need God. Mm. Then we're going to have to unify, buy up the land, and trust and believe we're going to need a military that's willing mm. to fight, die, and kill to defend what it is we're fighting to establish. Mm. We need institutions. You get. We need schools. We need hospitals. You feel me? We need our own judicial system. We need all of these things. We need a nation. A nation. We need a country. All of that. You hear me? Hey. Give us. We need them states. Run that. Yes. Yes. And if you think you're going to do this without no blood being spilled, I'm sorry to let you know. No, it's, it's got to be blood. Hey, some blood going to have to be But once you start to understand what this thing called life is and what life and death really is, you're willing to give your life. You're willing to give it because it's, you know, we hold on to it. But when you understand the value of your life mm. and the value of death mm. and the value of what you sacrificing, Mm. This thing called life would bring the future. You get what I'm saying? You're willing to let it go, right? We used to have old, uh, I forget what 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 um what culture or what tribe this was, but some of our people used to be hot, getting ready to get their heads chopped off, right? Mm. And they smiling, right? By, by these white, you know, yes, conquerors. Yes. Colonizers. And they yes. smiling like, hey. And we trying to figure out why you smiling. Mm. 
and they, I feel like I forget the story, man. But he was, you just don't understand life and death, right? Before he get his head chopped off, mm. the meaning of life and the meaning of death, and you know he go. But it's a lot we got to learn. I, I know I'm just rambling, but hey, man. No, man, no. We got work to do, man. I hear you. Man. But um, my question is, what part of Chicago you from? South side of Chicago, yeah. Well, uh, like neighborhood, because I got family over there, like 57 Carpenter and stuff like that. So, what part so, of South Side? So, what side? was interesting about so what most people don't know is that I was actually born in Aurora, right? Mm -hmm. And I moved to Chicago at six years old. And Aurora is a suburb, like an hour out of outside of Chicago. So I moved to Chicago at six years old, and uh, you know, single mother, you know, single parents at home. And her just trying to, you know, juggle all that she's trying to juggle, raising five children on her own, you know. And so it was like, it was never really like a certain neighborhood that I was from, you know, when, when she got a little too hard in one neighborhood, you know, bills got a little, you know, too much to handle. You know, we was place to place, neighborhood to neighborhood. So when I first moved to Chicago at six years old, and before six, I was traveling back and forth because my father was doing music in Chicago, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you know, my whole life. Mm -hmm. So... I was on 51st in Peoria, right? Uh, lived there for a few years, went to Sherman Elementary, which was right up the street. Then after that, I went to, um, if I'm not mistaken, I went to 115th in St. Lawrence. I heard I, that. <laughs> yep, I was over in uh, Pullman uh, Elementary School. Then after that, I think I went to 93rd in um, Wentworth, Princeton Park. Mm -hmm. Lived in Princeton Park for a little while, then we went to 103rd. Like, we've been all over the city with it, you mm -hmm. know, pretty much. But um, I can't necessarily say I'm from no one neighborhood because my whole life I was in these neighborhoods, had friends in these neighborhoods, family in these neighborhoods, but I was always in the nation, you know. So, mm -hmm. well, so you was born in the nation? Born in the nation, yeah. Thank God, because uh, <laughs> Chicago is a lot of gangs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's crazy, you know. I've been there one time, a couple, I've been there a lot of times, but, you know, one time I went. I couldn't go across the street because that was my homeboy's ops. Crazy. Like, wow. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's really like that. I mean, the beauty of being in the nation was, like, my, my how I grew up in the nation was different. So I was born in the nation, had the teachings, had the education in a sense. But having a single parent at home, you know, your mother do all that she can. But God damn it, you know, you're going to get caught up in something, especially living in Chicago. You're going outside, mm -hmm. playing in the neighborhood. You out at the parks. You moving around. So... It was where she did all she could to instill in us, you know, what it is that we needed to be successful. But this world got hell of a pull. You feel me? Mm -hmm. I don't care, you know, what religious background you come from. So it, it was so much so that, you know, in these neighborhoods, I completely understand that if I didn't have a big brother, you know, a real man, a mentor, a father figure, because my dad was always moving around. He wasn't necessarily there all the time. If I didn't have an FOI to snatch me up and literally remove me from a lot of these environments, the pressure was so heavy that I remember, you know, being in the neighborhood, running around corners saying GDK, you mm -hmm. feel me, claiming, you know, whatever gang, uh, you know, was in the neighborhood that I was in, right? And you feel me? It was so much so where it's like, damn, if this what the neighborhood is repping, this damn near what you got to rep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? <clears throat> you say you, you something else, then, you know, the pressure going to be applied. And that's where it was like. It was so much pressure when you young and when you gullible. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you not intentional about standing on what you what you know is right. It's like, damn, whatever y'all say go is what it is. You feel me? Mm -hmm. You talking about big bros. You talking about, you know, the leaders, the chiefs, this, that, and the third. So 
I had to be snatched because it wasn't no like I made a conscious decision myself at a young age mm -hmm. that I'm going to just do what's right. Hell no. Mm -hmm. I was on whatever the neighborhood <laughs> was on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I remember big brothers like Lyle and, you know, Captain Dwayne and different brothers mm -hmm. was like, you know, because in the Nation of Islam, a lot of the big brothers in the Nation of Islam, most people don't know, like they came from that lifestyle. You know, they mm -hmm. was really living that, right? Absolutely. You know, man, long story short, but mm -hmm. if you know, so... When you were able to sit down and had a conversation with the big bros that was chiefs and that was actually running stuff out here, it's like, and you do the comparative difference in terms of them telling you what they came from, what they experienced, what they dealt with, where they went wrong. You hear what I'm saying? And you were able to see the men that they've become as as a result of them making the decision to pull back. You were able to put the clean glass next to the dirty glass and say, you know, this shit really don't end well for you on this side. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? And you were able to make that decision. So. It was a combination of being snatched, cuffed, and shown, you know, a comparative difference as to what would happen if you take this route and what would happen if you take this route over here, yeah. And what do you think is the difference in the – I see, because I, I don't want to harp on the, on the violence in Chicago because when I lived in Chicago, um, it was a nice place. It was the first <laughs> place we ever got robbed, though, and and, <laughs> and it, was, it was crazy. And, and I don't, you know, want to harp on that because it was beautiful, but it, it was some, some, some stuff that went on with it as well. Um, I, I don't think I ever told the story publicly. When we got robbed, the night we got robbed, me and my brothers, my dad had asked us, were you wearing your FOI jackets? Mm. And I didn't understand why he was asking us why we was wearing the jackets because he said, I can't tell the brothers what happened unless they knew that you was in the nation. Mm. So my dad, when when we went out, he would always tell us to wear these jackets. His jackets was super baggy, and they mm. just didn't look good. So we this was the only night we didn't wear them. Right. And that's the night we got robbed. Mm, wow. So he asked us, he was, were you wearing the jackets? And then we said no. So I didn't understand the protection of the nation. I didn't understand, you know, the respect that, you know, the the, the people in, in all over the world have for the nation, you right, know, and right. that security. Mm -hmm. So I think it's something to be said about Chicago, especially um, just what, what goes on in there. Like, what do you think makes it different than any other place? What I don't want to say makes it more violent, but what do you think makes people just care less about, you know, consequences and different things? Because I know you got a different perspective. You you didn't probably, you know, know a lot of different things that people from the outside don't know. I'm pretty sure it's the inside, you know what I'm saying? Even with artists, you know, this artist is hot. And you y'all know about this artist years before we even heard of him. Right, And y'all right, seen right. him moving, you know. Man, it's, um, and I don't even really like to compare the violence, you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Because when you talk about living in the inner cities or the quote-unquote ghettos and the hoods all across America, mm. Um, when you do the comparative differences, much more similarities than there are differences, right? Mm. And if you want to just talk about staying in the city, what kind of frustrates me and, and what's painful at times is knowing that because of the way I was reared and because of the way that we move as soldiers in FOI, we can go to whatever hood we want to go to, mm -hmm. right? And build with our brothers, you know, engage in, you know, a fruitful dialogue with our brothers and really have, a, you know, a bonding, you know, type of relationship, right? But in our ability to be able to move around and go to each of these different neighborhoods, you start to see how much this neighborhood is just like this neighborhood. You hear mm. what I'm saying? Or this neighborhood is just like this neighborhood. And, you know, we try to act like it's so much of a difference. But single parents at home, you know, mothers, you know, uh, 
are having a hard time raising their children by themselves. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Fathers not around. You feel mm -hmm. me? Alco alcoholics, brothers strung out on drugs. Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? When you go into a lot of these households, most people don't know, but goddamn it, a lot of these shits be looking like third world countries in these communities. They are. You feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> if you do the comparative difference, right? You know, holes in the wall, toilets not working, trash all over the place, no furniture. Like, it just really completely torn down. And when I move around to these different neighborhoods, it's like, damn, you beefing with bro because he over there. Mm. And you beefing with bro because he up the street. Or you beefing with bro because he rep this and rep that or what, what his father did or what his father did. Mm. But we don't do the... When we look at, you know, how much uh, similarities we have. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We really the same, bro. We really family. You hear what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And it's painful and it's frustrating because it's like most times, like you, you're involved in a certain gang or you affiliated with this. Like you live your life in a in a boundary your mm -hmm. entire life. Like you really don't be moving outside your neighborhood. And if you are moving outside your neighborhood, you ski masked up, you sneaking, you this, that, and the third. And because that's the reality, you don't get the opportunity to go over there and see how much y'all just alike. You know what I'm saying? Or how much we really relate on so many levels. So with that being the case and me saying I don't want to compare the uh compare the violence, that's really rooted in me knowing that in Chicago, goddammit, Detroit, Louisiana, Atlanta, it's a lot of the same shit going on just with different dialects and a slightly different circumstances. Mm -hmm. you know different slang, different yeah, words. Yeah, different slang, you feel mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Different tones, mm -hmm. you know, different little Traditions we done yeah. created up in this, you know, diabolical culture. It's crazy how, you know, there's no father foundation in none of these inner cities. Yeah. I think that's what it is, yeah. You know, yeah. and <clears throat> I mean, how how can we grow as a community? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what, what I'm hearing from is really is no no pops at home. Mm, yeah. You know, I was fortunate to have a father, and mm. I can see why I'm ahead in life, but, you know, it's too many black men that doesn't, that doesn't have a father. Mm. But my question is, um, really for both of y'all, you know what I'm saying? Um... How did you know, like, being Muslims was the like the right religion? Like, how did you know to pick Allah over Jesus? Mm. It really wasn't too much of a comparison growing up in the nation. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like one or the other. We knew that, you know, God and Jesus was two different people. That's what we was taught. Mm -hmm. Especially when you look in scripture and it talks about how, you know, um, the relationship that Jesus actually has with God, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You hear what I'm saying? So... When you're talking about God over Jesus, we respect and love Jesus as Muslims. Mm -hmm. And that's what most people don't know. We respect him and love him as a prophet and admire him for his works. But it was never God over Jesus because we knew that God, Jesus was a result of God. You hear mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And that's how we was taught about God in comparison to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it was never no discard Jesus. We don't believe in him. We don't this, that, and the third. We just never viewed Jesus as God, right? And, and, and based upon the way we was taught about Jesus, that's how we came to that understanding. But at a certain point in terms of Islam was chosen for me based upon the example. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. Like you could tell a person all, di mm -hmm. all day, this, that, and the third. This is the religion you need to choose. This is the way you need to live your life. Um, but we was also taught that it was one God, right? Mm. We call him Allah. Some people call him Jehovah. Mm. Some people call him this, that, and the third. Most you know high, you know. The most high, right? But it's only one God, right? Mm -hmm. So with that being the case, I made my decision based upon the examples that were set before me, right? Mm. I had big brothers, you feel me? I had big sisters. 
you know, we had student ministers, we had the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, mm. the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And when you see what these men were able to do and capable of doing through submitting their will to do the will of God, of Allah, that's what made it easier for me to make a decision and say, this is where I personally want to be, right? right. And in embarking on this journey, what I've learned is it's imperative and it's important for us not to get caught up in the the, the, the differences in terms of religion. Yeah, because uh, I feel like that's one of the biggest problems in our community. Mm. You know, because me growing up, I ain't gonna lie, we didn't talk very good, <laughs> good about y'all in the church, though. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, you know, a lot, you know, we used to look down on it, but mm. I didn't know until I really started being around Ahmad and start reading it. And like you said, when you look at the men work, yeah. y'all work show, like, I can't say these guys going to hell because they believe in a lot. You know what I'm saying? They, right. They, no, that's was things that I heard growing up. You know, so mm. that's just what my question was. And and, and I would um, say that that's kind of how I felt as well. But my thing was, I just took away the labels, mm. and I just said it's, it's exactly what you said because we had that conversation uh, after the uh, Courtney episode. We were mm. you know, having that conversation, and I was just telling him, man, I let the results speak for themselves, man. Mm. I said, you know, if we take away all the labels, we take away all that stuff, they teach you how to eat, they teach you how to treat your woman, they teach you how to fight, how to protect yourself, how to protect your community, how to buy businesses. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's so many different things, how to sharpen your mind. They teach you the, the, the art of reading and why it's important to read. They teach you the art of mating, all these different things, man. It, 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 and this is, I didn't name anything about God per se, even though God is in all these things. Mm, right. But everybody wants to get into that spiritual, all that. The results speak for themselves, man. Mm. We they the nation makes great men and women. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know they can turn a nigga into a god, man. For sure. And it's that simple. Like mm. you know, I don't get into the, the to the base of this and that. No, man. The results speak for themselves, man. Mm-hmm. You could you could have somebody who's not in the nation but follow the principles to a T, and they'll be a good person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You you'll enjoy being around that person. Mm. You know. So that that was what it was for me because obviously all we all get to a certain point where. We, you know what I'm saying? We outside of mama's reach. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, man, if I don't want to do this no more, I don't got to do it. Right. So what keeps you in it? My thing is it just it makes me a better person, you know? Right. And it holds you accountable. Like like we was talking before the cameras cut on, man. Mm-hmm. Still sharp and still, man. You around them brothers, man. They sharpen you, man. They, on you. they sharpen you and they make you a good person. I, I, I get comments all the time. People telling me just give me accolades and stuff. I am nothing without the nation. I know nothing without the nation. Anything that I say of any intelligence or anything that... It may seem smart to anybody. I got it from the nation. I got it from the minister. I heard him say, wow, that's powerful, man. That's why people be saying, I'm like, man, ain't nobody like the minister. That's that me personally. I hear all this, man, ain't nobody like the minister, man. I can listen to him for forever. I don't even want to say that. I can listen to him forever, man. You know, you know. You know, and, and, but yeah, man. So, you know, that was the thing for me, man, when when it gets to that point in our lives where we have the, the, the choice. But I also wanted to, um, Talk about this new project you got dropping, Radical, man. Sir, well, sir. What, what, why did you come up with the name Radical, and, and what are you trying to, you know, portray? What are you trying to get over to the people with this new project? So Radical, um, yeah, it's a really short but powerful project. You know, when you go to Whole Foods and you know they got the little, the little mm. power shots, right? You know, with the cayenne and the turmeric, elderberry. You know, it's a lot of powerful nutrients inside that little small container, and that's the project Radical. You know, mm. you know, if I if I had to summarize it. It's a whole lot that I that I put into one small, short, concise project. Mm. But I came up with radical, you know, just because of the meaning of the word, right? Mm. And radical is who I've always been. You know, mm. when I think radical, I think of an idea or a concept that goes against the status quo, right? Or mm-hmm. goes against the norm. 
right? So when I think about, you know, what I represent, what I stand on, you know, and what I've been doing for years in this music, um, this music industry, I've always seen myself as an art as an artist that has decided to go against the norm and the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the you know, the money, the cars, mm-hmm. the clothes, the traditional idea you get or what comes to mind when you think of a black rapper or mm-hmm. a black artist, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what what allowed me to stand ten toes on that is you can get confused and lost in the glitz and glamour that come with what they promote on the media in terms of the lifestyle, you know, of a rapper or an artist, right? Mm-hmm. And because you see the money, you see the wealth, you see, you know, the women's attraction, you mm-hmm. see the accolades, and you see all of the attention that this lifestyle get, in your mind, if you young, impressionable, gullible, and don't really have an adequate knowledge of yourself and how this enemy maneuver, you will look at that like that's the goddamn way. You hear what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially coming from the trenches, right? That's success, right? Not having nothing, right? Not growing up in impoverished communities, you hear what I'm saying? Being told that you wasn't nothing, being told you wasn't shit, right? Not uh, being able to adequately read and write and, you know, be an upstanding man and woman in society. A lot of times success really means to us our ability to attain material acquisitions, right? Mm -hmm. Because when Mm -hmm. we attain these things, we get the money, we get the cars, we get the clothes. Then we start to receive what we perceive as love. Right? That's all we searching for. That's all we really want, man, mm-hmm. if we being honest. We yes. want love. We want to be appreciated. We want to be valued. We want to be made to feel like we somebody, right? Our whole nation like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, of us black people, you feel mm-hmm. me? I just feel like, this here you talk, this is like, why the fuck I'm still living in America? Mm. That's heavy, hey. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Because the next generation going to feel the same thing. For sure. For sure. But what we doing right here, though? This mm-hmm. why I get excited. This why I hopped on the road and drove mm-hmm. those four hours to come here. Because mm-hmm. I know that they say, well, two or more are present gathered in my name. There too I am present. That's God mm-hmm. speaking. Right. Right? And two, two, two brothers can get together, you know, to go do a hit. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not gathered in God's name. Mm-hmm. You hear what I'm saying? Two brothers can get together, you know, to... You know, do something they ain't yeah, got yeah, no yeah, business yeah, with yeah, sisters. Yeah, you know yeah, I, I, heard, I read your mind, brother. I've been fasting, brother. I've been fasting. That's not gathered in God's name. Yes, you know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, yes, yes. And listen, you got a whole bunch of people doing podcasts. Mm. Yeah, you do. A right. lot of people right. getting in front of the mics and talking and promoting and advertising right. their ideals and ideologies. Mm. But very seldomly, and it's getting better over time, but seldomly do you see not only three black men, but three young black men coming together mm. Discussing the topics that are being discussed on breaking the machine. Mm. It's a lot of brothers out here really trying to um, speak building a, a, a nation and building land. I feel like we're getting there. You know, yeah. a, a little bit, probably from hundred a hundred years from now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it will happen. Yeah. Because that, that's one thing I like about the internet. It mm. created that. It opened that. Yeah. And and the thing about that so timeline. Opened that. The thing about that timeline, sometimes we don't factor God into it. Yeah. God gonna speed this thing up, but yeah. you know, if yeah. you know, you know, you know, you know. You know. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to talk about because that's deep, man. I was at study group one one night, man. And study group is a beautiful thing, man. When you just really sitting down, sitting back, late night, got the coffee, the gods is in there, the sisters right. is in there. The, it's just something beautiful. It's something so godly about it. And and one, of, it, I think this was uh, FOI class actually. And then uh, one of the lost files was sitting in there, and uh, he was just asking the questions uh, from the processing class, and he was just saying. It's something that he said. He said, I know we got to go to war, but I'm scared to die. 
He asked me, especially, he said, I'm scared to die. I just, I, it's that part, that's the part that just keeps me from getting in the army because I'm scared to die. I don't want to die. And I was just telling him, it's something about being next to your brothers and something about also having a lot so close to you, as close as your juggler vein. Mm. That's what gives you that strength to, to constantly push through that fear. Mm. Because especially as a young brother, when you on these you know what I'm saying? On on these different details and you in these hoods and you in these dangerous situations. What give me strength is the brother next to me. Mm. But ultimately it's the God that we serve, the God that's back in all of us. Mm. But when you got your brother next see, because it's important to see strong men as an example. It's important to see strong men be fearless. Even if you scared, stand strong. I tell brothers that all the time. Some posts you're not even qualified for. Mm. But I just need a body to stay here. Brother, can you just stand here and look strong, brother? Because the brother behind you is super qualified and he can take care of whatever you need. Right. But I just need you to stand. I need a body to stand here. And I feel like that's even with the war. Like, brother, look at the brother next to you. Look at the brother to your right. And it's especially important for these young brothers in the hoods, man. They don't know how to be strong because they ain't never saw a man be strong. I was raised by the FOI, mm. man. I, man, if the brother was scared, he ain't show me that. So I believe fearlessness is achievable. Yeah. I've never seen my father scared ever in my life. Mm. So growing up, I thought, I, I believe that fearlessness is achievable. Because mm. I saw the man never tell me, son, I'm scared. Mm. It's something about telling young men, I'm scared. I'm scared. Brother, that is for the men's circle. <laughs> Lead that in the circle of the men. These boys, they need to see that example mm. of that fearlessness, that example of that discipline. Mm. And it's so important, man. It's so important because they, they that, that's a part. You know, they scared of that war, man. They scared yeah, of that man. war. Um, it was, it's a scripture, man, that talks about uh, being afraid mm. to lose your life. And I was looking it up. You know, I wasn't mm. ignoring you, but I was, I'm trying to figure out the exact, but it says, um, Ah, man. It said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. Yes. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Right? So, it's just about how you... That's the Quran or the Bible. That's the Bible. That's the mm. Bible. That is actually um, New Living Translation. That's Matthew 1625. Mm. 1625, right? And these are the scriptures, you know, that was instilled in us, you know, mm -hmm. as young men, you know. Damn, that's deep. My bad to cut you off. That goes, that goes, for my people that take the vaccine, look. That scripture says a lot right there, brother. That scripture says a lot right there, brother. Come on now. Come Woo. on now. You know? Woo. Hey, man. Woo. That's a hey, scripture. That's heavy, you know. Matter of fact, let me read it one more time. Man. That was a scripture right there, man. And it was said in, in a much more eloquent way. I remember hearing, yes. you know, from different brothers yes. that made it just stick a little. They had yes. surely in there. Surely yes. if you. For a surety. <laughs> but it said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it, right? Mm -hmm. Give up your life for the Lord, you'll save it, man. So you just got to, you know, what are you giving up your life for? What are you sacrificing your life for? You mm. know what I'm saying? Now, if you out here afraid because you're getting ready to go do some folly, something goofy, right, and sacrifice your life for a cause, you know, that you weren't called to sacrifice it mm. by the Lord, then hell yeah, be afraid. Because mm. you're going to lose it, right? And then they also talk about speak not of those who are slain in the way of Allah as dead for they are, for they are alive that you perceive but not. you perceive not you get what I'm saying like these are the conversations you got to have with your young men but going back to what you were saying about seeing examples we got stories man you know some stories we got to take to the grave yes. you know you know some stuff we can't talk about but it's certain things that we have seen man you know? yes just as young soldiers and as FOY 
that made me say, oh, so that's how that go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, 10-4, right? You was afraid before, but, oh, I just saw Big Bro handle it like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, little loopholes and cheat codes that, mm-hmm. you know, this is the cookie cut way the thing should be done. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if you just, you know, have faith yes. as small as a mustard seed and apply that pressure, you know, you can get it done like this. Yes, sir. I got one more thing before we go. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about, you know, how men, you know, young boys need examples. Also, the young ladies mm. need the male examples so they can pick the right males mm. to have their father legacy continue to go on. Mm. Mm. For sure. Oh, we got we we on a time. We got to get up out of here. Let's keep going. Let's oh. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> he said before we go, my heart dropped. No, no, no. Oh, okay. now that's and I and I feel like we need to have some women on here, you know, to be able to have this conversation mm. as well. Because I know it's only certain stuff that a man is only going to be able to give a man and certain things a woman is going to be able to give a woman. That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. But we do need solid examples for our women to be able to choose from. Listen, this is the reality. The messenger said, you should be the envy of men, the desire of women, and every boy and girl should want you to be their father. You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the type of man that we're striving to be. It's inevitable that when you get on your post and when you handle your business and live to be the man that you know you should be, mm. oh, envy is going to come. You're going to have some people that's jealous. There is no getting away from that. You're mm. trying to suck up and trying to make everybody feel comfortable around you being a soldier mm. and being an upstanding man. That's not your job. You hear what mm. I'm saying? To make them uh, necessarily feel good and comfortable about that shit. Yeah, we know you elevate. Yeah, cause you elevate. That ain't that. That's not my job, brother. I love you, right? I, I'm not here to belittle you or or, or speak down on you. But why do people feel belittled? Insecurity, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rooted in insecurity, man. And listen, and I was in the car, man, driving here, talking about how we got a lack of an understanding of what love is and what hate is. Mm. And sometimes we confuse hate for love and love for hate. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So, boom. Hey, brother, you look good. I know I look good, nigga. I don't need you to tell me. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I don't need you to tell me I look good, nigga. What, you trying to speak down on me? Mm. No, I genuinely feel, brother, you look good. Mm. And I felt that it was important for me to tell you that you look good. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Or somebody could come through, this the hate. Like you see that little joint, <laughs> the little underlying hate. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I, uh, I'm proud of you in that little business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little business. <laughs> little business, what? A little function. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you're not picking up on the little nuances of the underlying mm-hmm. hate, you think he giving you a shout out. You feel like mm-hmm. he looking out for you. You hear what I'm saying? And because we got this misconception of what love and hate is, somebody can genuinely be coming to an extend to happen, coming to an extend, God damn it, coming to extend a helping hand. Yes, sir. <laughs> coming to extend a helping hand. Yes, sir. And you smack the hand, you know, because you feel like it's hate. You get what I'm mm. saying? But going back to the insecurities, man, like, especially in our community, if we talking about our community, bro, listen. I remember, man, I was at a balloon release, and it was something I peaked that kind of hurt my heart. It was this young boy um, that had walked up to me, and he said, because we got our suits and ties on, he was like, hey, y'all Christians, uh, he was like, uh, what did he say? Y'all Christians? He said, you a minister, you a something. He, he thought I was, you know, one of them ones, you know, in the church. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm like, no, we're your brothers from the Nation of Islam. And then he said, can you pray for me? Can you do it? Can you pray for me right now? Right? And we couldn't do it at the moment. We was on post. Our yes. eyes was open. We was out on the block. Afterwards, we would have. And then I said, brother, give us a moment, right? So we went on to somebody else that was actually a priest and asked them to pray, right? Boom. They prayed for him. He come up and, oh, I got you. Now, you could tell he was looking for something, right? He was searching for something. But he was dressed in a certain way that wasn't appealing. appealing. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Or presentable at the balloon release. So he go. Now, listen, you could tell insecurity was all over the young man, right? But he was looking for love, and he was looking for some type of light and guidance. And in that moment, he thought a prayer would do it for him. He didn't know me from a grain of salt. You get what I'm saying? But he go over by his mom or his auntie. I, I don't know exactly who she was in relation to him. And she just go in on him. He go to give her a hug. She looking at him like, why the hell you dress like this? Why the hell you come around looking like this? Looking dumb as hell, this, that, and the third. Your sister just died, this, that, and the third. And your ass want to be coming around looking dressed like this, looking dumb as hell, right? Tow him down. He already was insecure. She didn't know that he just asked us to come pray for him. You get what I'm saying? But he go back to her and she tear him down. Now, in her mind, she thinks she doing she right. right. I know. I experienced that. You feel me? She thinks she doing right, telling you to come presentable. But you, listen, you dealing with something. You get what I'm saying? And you want better. It's not like you trying to be less than, mm. right? It's not like you intentionally came to disgrace, you feel me, the, the sister that lost her life. God mm. damn it, you here with everybody else, right? But you looking for love and you looking for some guidance and you looking for some, for some light. But in your household, regardless of the fact that her of her acknowledging the fact that you here mm. with the family, she tear you down. Now, these are the type of households that we come from. You not shit. That's a reality. We experienced that. You not shit. Damn, you ugly as hell. Damn, you dumb as hell. Look at your grades. Boy, you dumb as shit. You feel what I'm saying? These are the conversations that's being had. Damn, you bummy as hell, boy. You feel what I'm saying? And we create the, we, this conditioning in this culture where we speak down on each other. Damn, your ass ain't graduate, boy. You feel what I'm saying? Damn, you, you feel what I'm saying? And you grow up. Because you was conditioned being told that you wasn't shit, mm. believing that you not shit, right? Mm. So the slightest bit, the slightest bit of a compliment or recognition feel like the biggest thing in, in the, the world. In the world, baby. <laughs> you mm. feel me? It helps the mind. The biggest thing in the world, right? So, mm. and then you kind of on edge because you might have tried to, you know, it's certain people that try, you know, try to get dressed up and try to get cute and yes. try to do better. And mm. they don't know which way to go, but they trying. And when they try, they get shot down, mm. right? When they try, they get torn down. So this shit is traumatizing, man. You feel what I'm saying? Man, you end up treating the people around you wrong. Treat Bro, it's a repetitive cycle. Man, right? we, we we need you on for a part two. <laughs> yeah, we, we, like the only reason why I'm, I understand it because I I've been through it. Mm. Yeah, I just been through it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I see me doing things to people around me because it happened to me. Mm. 
and I and I and lucky I'm, I'm becoming more self aware of that. You know, mm. since I'm, I'm fighting that for sure. Because I, I, you I know, it. I think we got to see. We, and this is the thing about these type of episodes, man. We got to make this a marathon. That's why we have Courtney on so much mm. because it's just. It's just it's like you said when, when two are gathered, you know what I'm saying. Shout out, shout out, Courtney, man, man, the yeah. God, man, always be coming through, dropping gems, man. Shout you, dude. When, when, the, when the brothers gather, man, in the God circle, and we put our minds together, man. So many gems is dropped. So much powerful knowledge, man. It's it's like a study group for real. For sure. It's just it's beautiful, man. Damn. But you, but y'all tune in next week Hold for on, another episode. What's up? I feel like we need to end with a prayer, bro. Let's do it. I feel like that was powerful. You know what I'm saying? I feel like you know you got some end us with a prayer. You know, what for sure, saying? for sure. Let's do it. Let's do that. Attention prayer. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. All praises are due to Allah, God, the most high, the beneficent, the most merciful. Master of this day of judgment in which we now live. In thee alone do we serve, in thee alone do we beseech for thine aid. O Allah, guide us on the straight path, the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed his favors, not the path of those upon whom his wrath has been brought down, and nor those who go astray. O Allah, God, we beseech your help and we ask for your mercy, for we believe in you, and we trust in you for all that we need. And we are helpers in your cause with your apostles. So please grant to us success. I mean. I mean. Amen. Amen. Breaking the machine. Golden child. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, baby. The project's coming out, man. Tell us about the new project dropping, bro, uh, on the 30th. I'm excited. Um, radical. Um, like I said, short, concise, powerful. Um, featuring Keith Wallace. You know, mm. real powerful artist out of Miami, Florida. Um, speaking on a lot of the topics and the issues that we discussed today on the podcast in terms of our role and our responsibility as men in our community, right? Mm. You know, and what we got to do to step up to the plate to ensure that we personally take responsibility for making our communities a decent place to live. I don't want to talk too much on it, but it's real powerful. I'm excited. You know, it, it's create, it has created the space and it's going to create the space for other artists and creatives to hop on each track and actually give their own rendition and freestyle because each mm -hmm. track is going to have an open verse, you know, just to create a community aspect of us being able to talk about these topics together. It will not be on streaming, okay? It will not be on streaming platforms. You have to purchase the uh, the project at goldenchild.com. That's G-O-A-L-D-E-N-C-H-Y-L-D.com. Purchase the project. Got to support artists, man, that are doing all they can, you know, you know, to... Uh, you know, promote a narrative that's going to further our community. And when does it drop? October 30th. October, next Saturday. Let's do it. October 30th, man. Radical. Hey, Go when get they that. see this, it's going to be out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, bet. All right. You know, you know. You know. You know.